you may not get palpitations or a change in your breathing rate and life goes on normally until you feel more and more burdened with the world and one day you find yourself depressed and you don't know why. Hello and welcome to Doctor's View, a podcast discussing everyday topics in health, fitness and mental well-being, as well as providing an insight into medical life and its challenges. Please note that all opinions are my own and should not replace the advice given to you by your own doctor. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Let's begin. Hello everyone, it's good to be back. Firstly, an apology to everyone wondering where I've been for the last month or so. The truth is, I've just been exhausted. Life has not been easy on anyone recently, and I think without realising, work over the last few months has really just taken its toll on me. And in a weird way, over the last couple of weeks, even though things are slowly returning to normal in the hospital and stress has gone down considerably, I just found myself not being creative in the slightest. And the thought of working on a podcast or coming up with new ideas for episodes it just wasn't there and as grateful as I am to not be one of the millions affected by furlough and risk of unemployment I really just wanted a week or so just to sleep watch tv chat with friends and family and just be away from hospital life as much as possible and being stuck in a hotel room for three months on my days off didn't help much at all so I have finally moved out of the hotel. I'm back home, which is absolutely lovely. And I'm on my first bit of annual leave since December last year. And I had a think about what I could share with you all. And I didn't want to talk any more about coronavirus or anything like that. And I didn't want to have to research a topic from scratch and read peer review articles like I do for a number of my podcasts. And in a weird way, as much as I absolutely love having guests on the show, I didn't want to talk to anybody about a topic. I actually love recording solo podcasts. And even though they're probably the less popular podcast format, I find them strangely intimate and it feeds my ever so slightly narcissistic personality trait, which I think everyone who's ever posted something on social media has to some degree. But also... Solo casts actually challenge me to reflect on my own thoughts and I often have to ask myself whether or not I really believe in the thing I'm about to say before I broadcast it out there and it also makes me reflect on certain situations or experiences in order to create content. So the other day I was looking through some old photos including some of when I was around eight years old and for some reason The part of my life that I remember the most from my childhood wasn't my teenage years, but strangely my younger years. Actually, maybe I should um, rephrase that. The time in my childhood that I remember most fondly was when I was younger rather than my teenage years, which, okay, weren't too unpleasant, but, you know, hormones, social awkwardness, and think of an episode of The Inbetweeners and you, you understand what I mean. But as I looked at this photo of me crouching down with a big smile by my radio control car next to my older brother who was crouching down by his radio control car. It did make me wonder, why are those memories from that time in my life so happy? Could it be that I simply don't remember anything unpleasant or 
my brain has actively ignored the bad days. I don't think that's the case. I really believe that the reason that time in my life was so happy is firstly, it was a point in my life where I was old enough to remember things with some clarity. But also, like most children, I didn't care what anyone thought of me. I had my own world, which was a wonderful, happy place. And you were either in that world or you weren't. And that was that. Life was simple. Now we fast forward to more recent times and the world is a completely different place, both in the literal sense, but also subjectively too. And the one thing we hear about time and time again is anxiety and depression. And if you notice, you'll very rarely ever hear anyone talk about one of those things without the other. And the number of patients I see with a diagnosis of anxiety and depression is quite extraordinary. And the amount of antidepressants or anxiolytics that some are on is equally quite scary. And the amount of stuff that's out there on anxiety and depression is absolutely insane. There's seminars on the topic, there's endless books, there's YouTube videos, there's yoga for anxiety, anxiety relieving diets, uh, meditation courses, and people have made millions by coaching people out of depression. Charlatans have made even more by pretending to coach people out of it. So it's a big, big topic and one I wanted to touch on. But before I go on, this isn't a topic I've done much research on and everything I'm about to say is purely from personal observation of people, personal experiences, and also just from chatting to various professionals in the past over the years who have had a lot of experience in the topic and just adding my own thoughts about this too. So when we think of anxiety, we often think of phobias, being scared of heights or being afraid of flying, which is true. These things are a form of anxiety. But we don't often associate anxiety with more fundamental phobias that can arguably be affecting our lives in more substantial and important ways. And the real problem is that we don't often realise that we have it, as it doesn't manifest in any real symptoms. You may not get palpitations or a change in your breathing rate, and life goes on normally until you feel more and more burdened with the world, and one day you find yourself depressed and you don't know why. Which brings me on to people-pleasing. Being a people-pleaser is essentially a subsection of anxiety, more specifically caring about what others think about us. And people-pleasers often find themselves focusing on an individual who doesn't like them. They might agree to do things just for approval, and they might do things that they wouldn't normally do, even if it's wrong, just for the approval of someone else. And they often find themselves second-guessing what others think of them. Do they like how I look? Do they like what I think or what I say? Do they like my partner? Now, of course, we all to some extent care what others think about us. It's human nature. Of course, we want our friends to like us and our partners to want to be around us. And of course, we want to make a good first impression at a dinner party. But the problem is when we can't accept that there are people who don't like us. I believe the big problem is that often people who find themselves depressed as a result of their people-pleasing nature don't know this is actually happening, or at least might not associate this behaviour with feeling unhappy until it's pointed out to them. So a good example that most people can in some way relate to is 
If you imagine being in a room with, say, 100 people, we, of course, would like all 100 people to like us. But the chances are, and actually I can quite confidently say that all 100 people will not like you. It's completely unrealistic. It's as unrealistic as me saying that you will like all 100 people in that room. It's not going to happen. And in my case, that room would have to be a lot smaller before I can confidently say that I like everyone in that room and vice versa, you know. Often, however, the very thought of this isn't a pleasing one. And this is, in a way, anxiety. And instead of focusing on the 99 people who do like them, people-pleasers find themselves chasing that one person who they believe doesn't like them and will do whatever they can to try and convince them otherwise. And if they fail, they won't enjoy the whole party as a result. And how do we ensure that all 100 people like us? Well, you may notice what people may do is find themselves mirroring the behaviour and thought patterns of each person that they talk to. And we can do this. We can become chameleons in a way. And when we do this, we change ourselves to cater for each person we meet. And even though one personality might be completely different to the other, we learn to know what each person wants to hear and we say it. So that, in a way, ensures that we're always liked because everyone likes listening to themselves and likes to have their viewpoints acknowledged and agreed and encouraged by someone else. It's reassurance. And the problem is that this behaviour often extends beyond that room of 100 people. It extends to relationships with friends, with family, with work colleagues, and even our partners. So how many times have you heard someone complain about a situation, be it at work or with a friend, and then they follow it with, I just have a hard time saying no. Even if it makes them miserable as a result, they'll still agree to do the task or do whatever it is that's been asked of them. Or someone who always asks for an opinion from a specific family member before doing anything because that opinion is worth more to them than what they actually think themselves. Or even something even more fundamentally simple like not hanging up the phone on a scam caller because we don't want to be impolite. Okay, sometimes it's fun not to hang up, but you get what I mean. Something which in my opinion, is also very detrimental practice and is, I think, often seen in people-pleasers, is apologising for things that we shouldn't actually be saying sorry for. Self-worth doesn't depend on one's ability to appease others all the time. It does come from within. And ultimately, the biggest problem with being this way the whole time is it's incredibly exhausting. If someone is constantly in a state of anxiety where the opinions of others are more important to them than their own, it will dominate their lives, make them lose control of their self-esteem and also their confidence. So it's not surprising at all that these people end up not happy and end up depressed, which is often why you have the diagnosis of anxiety and depression. One follows the other hand in hand. And when you're constantly suppressing your thoughts and feelings for fear of disapproval from others, it just makes you want to explode inside and it just leads to complete unhealthy behaviours. 
We see the same problem faced by some Instagram users or some influencers, and in many respects, I use that term very, very loosely. When their entire purpose of posting something isn't to share something of interest, but actually just revolves around obtaining likes for a post, and if they get a negative comment, they they might spend more and more time focusing on the negative comments than the positive ones, and ultimately their anxiety and insecurity means they become depressed or leave the platform altogether. And why? Because their self worth becomes completely dependent on the likes of others, and. I'll openly admit there's been a number of times in the past where I've stopped myself from disagreeing with certain comments that have been made on Twitter, in just in case my viewpoints aren't taken well. And even a couple of times on this very podcast, I found myself agreeing with a guest when, in actual fact, I didn't agree at all with them. And looking back, I wish I had been honest.、Um, One for my own integrity and wanting to be honest with myself, but also to everyone listening. And not only that, it would have made for a much better podcast episode、uh, rather than the one that actually came out. And when I would hear a negative review about my podcast or have a thumbs down on a microphone review I've done on YouTube, it actually would really upset me. And then I would remember the room scenario and thought, well, if I'm if I'm producing content that Everyone likes. It's one of two things. I'm either not popular enough, and not enough people are listening or watching, or I'm David Attenborough. You know, because everyone loves David Attenborough. And popular YouTubers and podcasters don't, for example, they they don't produce content for the one thousand people that give them thumbs down or a negative review. They produce content for the. Twenty thousand people who give them thumbs up or positive review, or even just produce content for themselves and completely ignore the rating system altogether, or in my case, for the five people who are probably still listening. And that's how we should be in life with our interactions. We should not change for that one person in the room who doesn't like us. We should be focusing on the ninety-nine others in the room who do, and and that's happiness. That leads to happiness. Now, I'm in no way saying yes. The the key to happiness is going out there, being a rude idiot to everyone because you don't care about what anyone thinks about you, and the only opinion that matters is your own. So you're never going to take advice from anyone ever again. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is. Do try to recognise if you're falling into a pattern that may be one of anxiety, and if you are depressed, see if some of the patterns of people pleasing are ones that you recognise and start to make some small changes. And of course, I would always advise going to your doctor、uh, or GP for more advice and seeing if they think psychotherapy may be a, an option or、um, perhaps refer you to one. And truth be told, I think that. Doing something that I wouldn't normally do, like broadcast my views and my voice over the internet in a form of a podcast for anyone to listen to, and thereby opening myself up for for critique, was probably one of the most challenging things I've done. And I must say, it's also been the most beneficial. the The things I've learned from this whole experience have actually been life changing, not just from the people that I've met, but also just learning to be a bit more, having a bit slightly thicker skin in a way. And I'm sure most people say that there's always something that we'd love to go back in time and teach our younger self, but 
thinking about it, perhaps this is an area of life where the eight-year-old self in us can teach the grown-up us. So to sum up this whole episode, I will leave you with one of my favourite quotes from the film Pirates of the Caribbean, where Captain Jack Sparrow was captured and his captor said, you are without doubt the worst pirate I have ever heard of. To which Jack Sparrow replied, but you have heard of me. And with that, I'll leave you. If you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe or follow and do leave a review. And if you have any questions that you'd like to ask me or any topics that you'd like me to consider for the show, please do contact me via adoptersview.uk and follow me on Instagram at adoptersview for some behind the scenes posts and some extra footage. As always, please look after yourself. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Goodbye. <laughs>